0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: Welcome back, everybody. It is the Believe and Patriots Podcast, right here on the Believe Podcast Network. Brady Farkas, Doug Flutie, former Patriots quarterback, two-time CFL Hall of Famer, Heisman Trophy winner. Aaron Wells is our producer behind the scenes. Pressing the buttons. You can follow me on Twitter at WDEV Radio Brady. Doug's on Twitter at Doug Flutie. The podcast, as always, is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.ag is the website that you need to go to. It's the number one spot in the Internet universe to make your bets. The wait is finally over. Football is back, and you can't be at the game in a lot of places, but you can still be in on the actions. I would have lost my bet last week. at the Giants minus three against Washington. They won the game, but even when they win, I end up losing. So, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. Believe in Patriots podcast. Pats two and three under 500 this late in the season for the first time since 2002. That's frustrating. Doug and I are coming up next. Aaron to the music. What you're about to hear is a presentation of the Believe in Patriots podcast on the Believe Podcast where All the news, opinions, and insights on your six-time Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Now, it's your host, me, Brady Farkas, and Heisman Trophy winner, CFL Hall of Famer, former Patriots quarterback, Doug Flutie. All right, welcome in. It is the Believe in Patriots podcast. Brady Farkas, Doug Flutie, Aaron Wells is our producer Patriots are coming off an 18 to 12 ugly loss against Denver. They're now two and three Doug. I don't, I'm not used to frustrating games from the Patriots and this was about as frustrating as they get.
0: Yeah. When you can't score points, it it just, it's so frustrating because I see the defense is doing some good things. Yeah. And offensively, They get first downs by running the zone read stuff and Cam taking off running in the short passing game. And it looks kind of easy at times, but there's no explosive plays. And in order to score touchdowns in the NFL, you need explosive plays. You need to have someone, you need that 30, 40 yard play in the middle of a drive or the touchdown itself. Uh, It's hard to go 15 plays, three plays for every first down to get down the field.
1: Well, they need. yeah, you're right. They need a cheapie. That's what the Chiefs can do. 60 yards here, a slant to the house there. Um, you know, and usually I'm the one I really want to get right into content, but I actually got to go back to something funny because I got a funny story to tell you. So <laughs> last week we were talking about starting lineups, right? Yeah. And you were talking to so some of those little action figures, and you showed me some of the ones that you had of yourself. So I'm a part of, on Facebook, a big starting lineup collectors group, and I sent them the video clip of us talking about your starting lineups. And you said that you thought you had a starting lineup of yourself as the Chargers. And this this sent the internet universe into a tizzy because they were trying to figure out if a Doug Flutie Charger starting lineup was ever made. Yes, there it is. So they because people were saying that they thought there was never a Doug Flutie one made. They wondered if it was a prototype, if somebody custom made it for you. They were. They said Doug Flutie might have dropped inadvertently huge starting lineup news. So there it is. So I'm going to post, Aaron, you know, we don't put up the whole video. We only put up the audio and very select highlights. So, Aaron, I'm going to have you, when the podcast is over, grab this portion of the video. I'm going to put it back out on the starting lineup community page and see what they say about it. They also thought, by the way, if you wanted to sell your 1990 Patriots uh, starting lineup, they said you could get good money for that, just so yeah. you know that's it's novelty
0: stuff for me it doesn't have a real dollar value to me so we've hung on i got like five bobbleheads over there from different teams that i don't know. it's like my wife doesn't throw anything out you know what i did fine and i thought it was starting lineup but it's not it's um playmakers it was larry bird oh yeah playmakers i don't know what that is but that's yeah, like the stuff was starting lineup.
1: That's like an er- the Playmakers is like an earlier bobblehead. Um, I have Peyton Manning of that. I have Ichiro of that. I also thought this was cool. You may or may not have heard this already as we tape this portion of the podcast on Tuesday night. I was watching Colin Cowherd earlier today and he brought you up to Peter King. Really? So go um, ahead. He was talking about Kyler Murray and he said that Kyler Murray reminds me of Doug Flutie. And he said, the difference is, is that It's an undersized quarterback, but Kyler Murray has a guy who believes in him. And he said if Doug Flutie had his Cliff Kingsbury, he could have been Kyler Murray before Kyler Murray. Well, I'd love to have these offenses. In
0: fact, what they're doing is what we did when I was in Canada. They were empty sets. They were quarterback as a runner, zone read type stuff, RPO type stuff. We did all that starting in like 92. Um, And, you know, when it came back to the NFL, I was under center. I was, yeah. you know, third down, yeah, you're in gun. But uh, it just – it's a different world, and and the, the size is not that big a deal because of the style of the offense. And, and Kyler, I think I've, I've touched on this stuff before. The undersized guys, the difference is the underside guy that still has a big arm, and Kyler does. The bottom line, though, in the NFL is you still have to be able to stand in there and throw the ball up the field.
1: Well, Colin, also, they were showing – um, Doug Flutie, Bill's highlights. I thought it was cool. And Peter King, who's covered the NFL for a long time, he said, hey, Doug was a great athlete. He wasn't as fast as Kyler Murray though. And I said, easy there, Peter. That's my new friend, Doug, you're talking about. <laughs> well, I was I
0: was uh, quicker than I was fast. I had a good <laughs> little 10-yard burst in the change of direction stuff. But uh, if I got in the open field and I took off, I did have like a 70-yard quarterback draw <laughs> in Canada once and a couple of big long ones. But if I got over 40
1: yards, I'm looking to pitch the ball to a wide receiver. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't well, all right, we'll get into the Patriots game. They lose 18-12. to And, Doug, I'm so frustrated. It was as frustrating a regular season loss as I can remember. Some of it was explainable but it's not able to be used as an excuse. Look, the Patriots had a lot of injuries come up. So did Denver. Cortland Sutton didn't play. Hamlin didn't play. Melvin Gordon didn't play. Von Miller didn't play. The Patriots didn't have practice time. That doesn't seem to matter for Tennessee. They beat everybody now. I mean, their quarterback was rusty. Well, Drew Locke hadn't played since week two. Every excuse I could give the Patriots, Denver had the exact same excuse, and they came out with what I think is an inferior team and won the game. So I, I'm as frustrated as I've ever been for a Patriots regular season game.
0: Yeah, I, I'm in that same corner. I just um, – if you told me they're going to hold them to, what, 18 points? Yeah. The Patriots win the game, right? Right. I mean, you've got to be able to stick the ball in the end zone and move it down the field. And and the frustrating for, for me is I love how tough Cam Newton is playing. Mm-hmm. He's the leading rusher on the team. He's busting his tail on third down to get out of traffic and try to run for a first and do all these things, but he's got to be able to throw the ball up the field. And I honestly, I honestly believe his shoulders bothering him. Like his really? motion when he, when you throw a slant route or curl or something, maybe 15 yards or less, you can throw it like a catcher in baseball from your ear balls, cocked, it's right here. Bang. It's out. Yeah. Um, when you throw the ball down the field, you change that angle. You drop the back shoulder just a touch, and you change the trajectory. Mm-hmm. And he can't do that. Something in the shoulder is grabbing. There was a – late in the game, he tried to throw something short, and it grabbed, and the ball went right into the ground. Yeah. And when there's long balls, the throwing motion wasn't the same. And I, I differ – I picture an outfielder taking a ball on the run and throwing for home plate, how they crow hop, yep. they wind up and release – that's kind of how you would throw a deep ball. He's still trying to throw the deep ball like he's the catcher, throwing it from his ear and, and push it out. And it just – it looks to me like his shoulder, like something in his rotator cuff is grabbing on the deep throw when he tries to change that angle. Whether it is or not, I don't know. You know, I'm not there, and I don't know what his surgery exactly was that he had on the shoulder. But um, it looks frustrating. And I think when they went to the trick plays and Edelman threw the ball – yeah. Off, I started thinking to myself, Edelman could probably throw it further than Cam right now. And I stood next to Cam when he was in college. I stood next to him at the national championship game, and I have never seen a ball come out of someone's hands like it did hit. He would throw from one knee and throw the thing 70 yards. Wow. It's just different.
1: You know, the injury possibility is certainly there given his shoulder injury history. The thing I noticed wasn't even his arm. I noticed his feet. We'd heard so much. In Carolina, that he was a little bit sloppy, a little bit lackadaisical with his throwing mechanics, and then in New England, they were reinventing that, and he was recommitted to those mechanics. I thought his feet looked lazy on on Sunday. He was throwing off his back foot. looked like he was throwing like an open stance. wasn't driving the ball. That's where I, That's what I noticed. But who I, I agree with that. I
0: agree that he was because of pass. See, the offensive line's a mess right now, and yeah. he's getting pressure. And when you start getting pressure and start getting hit, you start fading and drifting and throwing from that open position, which with the athletic, like we were just talking about Kyler Murray, you talk about Patrick Mahomes. Those guys make throws like that all the time. Cam needs to be in that proper position, I think, to throw the football right now. Um, Yeah, I, I see that, but I don't see that as much of the problem as just something physically in his shoulder or arm. And the protection. I think the protection leads to that. Um, I loved fading away. I love seeing Patrick Mahomes. If you overload blitz him, we'll yeah. just give ground, give ground, fade, 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 yeah. and then throw a deep corner route, throw a post route, throw off his back foot, leaning away, and just lay it out there because it's not a ball that you got to drill shot 30 yards, the ball you're wafting. And they're used to seeing when they all out blitz you. They're used to seeing you have to break off a route hot and catch get something quick. And guys like Mahomes and Kyler Murray can hang on to the ball and drift away and still make that down the field throw.
1: If I was inclined to give the Patriots one excuse, it would have been the offensive line. So David Andrews didn't play again, IR. Um, James Ferris was on the COVID list. Shaq Mason was put on the COVID list. So you're talking about a total shifting of the offensive line. And Haji Foroohar, who's never played a snap, he ends up. Playing significant snaps in this game—that's the one excuse I'm willing to give them. How vital is that chemistry for an offensive line? That—that's
0: huge, and it's um, there's so much communication that goes on up front within the front and the pass protections and split-second stuff as a as a protections change just before the snap or front changes, and also the feel of a double team feeling when that guy comes off and then you bump up to the linebacker. Or I'm going to jab the down guy before I go to the defensive end or, or double whatever it might be. Those little feel things are huge, and guys aren't – they're not just new. Guys are changing position throughout the game. Guys yeah. are bouncing around. So uh, that that I think is a legit thing. Um, and also with the lack of practice together, you know, with the short week and practice and all and, and changing things in the offensive line, That's that's for real. You is the,
1: go ahead. You is you is the quarterback. How do you feel when you know you've got the patchwork offensive line in front of you? Because I can see a scenario where now I'm in my head thinking, okay, I got to get the ball out quicker. We got to do mm-hmm. this. Now we got to do that. And now it kind of takes you off your rhythm, I would think.
0: It falls a little bit more on the play calling and offensive coordinator. I, I love the phrase, multiple launch points. Okay, three mm-hmm. step drop. You guys just cut. Don't don't. I always I remember going into a game in Chicago. Um, I uh, where Actually, one of the few games Drew Brees got pulled <laughs> and I went in and we were having trouble blocking, you know, pass rush was the the issue. And I said, guys, don't worry about it. We're going to go three step drop, cut their ass the first two plays and the ball will be out. Uh, I'm hitting my back foot and it's out. So for that drive, I just made sure I was hitting my back foot. The ball was out. And if the, your number one read wasn't there, you know what? You still threw it. And if it was incomplete, it was incomplete. They needed to see that we could stay in down a distance and not get sacked. And uh, then you also change up your protections. You put your you, – you release uh, – releasing your tight end. Put your tight end on the best pass rusher, bang them, and then release. Chip releases by backs, turn protections, all that stuff. And, and the Patriots do a great job of this stuff. But all stuff that can help an offensive line. So you're not standing there seven yards deep behind the center between the tackles every time.
1: You know, we saw Cam back there when he actually did have time to throw – Back there, bouncing, bouncing, bouncing. I just attribute that to the wide The wide receivers aren't good enough to get open. But people come out a couple of days later and they say, some of that's on Cam holding the ball too long. Take me through what that's like for a quarterback.
0: Well, there's two things that happen. One is man-to-man coverage. You pick your matchup. And for yeah. me, maybe part of it was because of my height. I had trouble going from one side of the field to the other. So if I had man-to-man and I had a matchup I liked, I'm throwing the football, whether he's open or not. I'm trying to put it in a spot with whether it's back shoulder, a pie down low, something, because, you know, they're bringing an extra rusher. They're coming at you. You hit that foot and bang that balls out and you're giving your guy a chance. So there's sometimes where you have to trust the receiver, whether he's got separation or not in man. In zone, you got to know your business. you got to get through a progression, through a read, get through it quickly. Uh, what eliminates this receiver and gets me off him to the number two, down to the check down. And again, you can get through that progression quickly. I'm sure there were probably outlets or things that he could have gotten to. And, uh, you know, if you hang on, like you still, you can picture Tommy.
1: Yeah. Tom. a lot of
0: times when he had to go up the field, hang in that pocket and slide and move within the pocket. Tom, for as non-athletic as he was running the football, right? Yeah, right. He had an unbelievable feel for sliding and moving in the pocket and holding on to that thing for three and a half seconds so someone could work open down the field when he needed it. And,
1: you know, there's there's a feel for that too. So the offense isn't right. 18-12 loss. One of Doug's biggest takeaways is that he doesn't think Cam is right. Aaron, give me the overall takeaway sounder because I got two things I took away really from the game. Overall takeaway Number one. So my biggest takeaway, Doug, is that this offense actually is what I thought it would be. They're not built to play from behind. And I now think that the good faith that they showed in the Seattle game now says more about how bad Seattle is defensively than what the Patriots can do offensively. If the Patriots are in a position where they have to throw and throw a lot and abandon the run, I do not think that's a good success. You know, they have not scored one offensive touchdown in the first quarter this year. The only touchdown they have is the Devin McCourty pick six against Seattle. They're putting themselves constantly in a position where they may be behind, and that is not a good recipe. And usually when you think back, that's
0: where they were great. Coming out that first drive with scripted plays, yes. Tom on the field, bang, 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 great. You script these plays, you get the looks you want on defense, and it tells you things for later in the game. And I agree, it's not happening. They're not that. It, it comes down to not being explosive. Um, it, you know, I, I said it like week one, and at times, it's it looks easy because Cam's running the ball and runs out of there, and and you just can't you can't rely on your quarterback to be your leading rusher, and then still throw the ball. You know, have an offense where you're going to be able to throw the ball thirty times a game to win it just isn't going to happen they they need to be more explosive in the passing game and i don't see it happening because julian's you know julian's still doing his thing harry's the guy i think that can be tough yeah. explosive, explosive down the field guy but can and and i love how hard cam plays i don't want to knock cam but i don't i don't think he can
1: make those throws right now it just looks like it's painful to throw the ball down the field for him well, they only had five rushing first downs. They only had 40 rush yards by someone not named Cam on mm-hmm. Sunday. And again, part of what's made the Patriots so good is that Burke had James White, Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, they were all this four-headed monster, J.J. Taylor, and then Cam, and they weren't able to use that when they were playing from behind. You said something about explosive plays. That's interesting because Aaron, Dan Orlowski, ESPN NFL analyst, former quarterback, he feels mm-hmm. the same as Doug does. Let's hear what Dan had to say. The Patriots yesterday who are who I thought they would be. They're an average offense that is going to have to play really well to have above average production. In 2020, if you cannot be explosive on mm-hmm. offense, you cannot hang in the NFL. It's going to be so hard because if they're not absolutely ridiculous with their efficiency, they can't create chunk. They can't create chunk, can't create chunk plates with how that finish. And it's it's hard because you know, we think of the Patriots as, hey, death by a thousand cuts. I guess it's really hard to do that over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Tom can do it. Tom could go five yards five yards at a time, 13, 14 plays, and go down the field. Um, it's, it's tough to do, to com- constantly have to convert on third and four to five. Um, if, they're in an op- they just, if they're in a two-minute offense th- or a situation where they're trying to hurry up and go, yeah, I think your cam scrambling and running every other play to make a first down to mm-hmm. move. Cam. I mean, that's what I'm picturing in my head when I see that right now in an off. It just doesn't look efficient enough. It doesn't look explosive. You where I, there's no if there's no threat to blow the top off of coverage, DBs are squatting on routes. Those shorter throws are going to get tougher and tougher and tougher. And then you've got to mix the run. It, it's tough. It, it, you, it's very difficult to go 15 plays and march the ball length of field. You've seen some of the scores this year. People are scoring 40 points a game or close yeah. to it, you know. And and to keep up, uh, you're going to have to – You, I don't know. I, you're going to have to have a guy that, that makes those big 30, 40-yard chunks.
1: The other thing that I haven't thought of until right now, and I remember seeing on stats on it from when Cam signed – Cam is not a guy who's good at throwing on the run. So when we see a Russell Wilson, a Kyler Murray, roll out, roll out, roll out by time and, and let their guys separate a little more, Cam doesn't do that. Cam just – he steps up in the pocket and then takes off in the middle of the field. You are a guy who can roll laterally. How much does that do for a quarterback? Because that's not really in Cam's arsenal.
0: No, and that's what I think Patrick Mahomes, yes. uh, Russell Wilson does so well, Kyler Murray obviously – uh, guys that were baseball players, they can be going left. I I would be fading left, just snap my hips and throw sidearm and throw 30, 40 yards downfield accurately. Yeah. I can roll right and just you know, rolling right was was a piece of cake. But um, and that's what they do. They like I was talking about, even in a blitz situation, intentionally just drift away from backpedaling, drift away from the blitz, keep drifting. And now you're throwing the ball up the field versus blitz zero. You're throwing post and corner routes and letting the guy work, they're going to get open with no safety help. And if you can just hold on to that extra second and still make an accurate throw, you're making those big plays. And that's you know, and I agree. And if and I don't want to put it out there if it's not true, but if there is something wrong with Cam's shoulder, if it's not feeling a hundred percent, yeah, that's even more difficult when you're off balance, drifting, and all that. And that's why when I see Cam. I see a guy that needs the ball up high by his ear,
1: both hands on the ball set to make an accurate throw. The other thing I wondered, I was I was listening to a lot of stuff, but I didn't play football at a high level, so I don't understand it as deep as, as you do, obviously. So I want you to teach me what are safeties doing? I kept hearing the safeties are now keying on Cam. They're key, So it feels like they're the DBs are dropping making the short passes be in front of them, and the safeties are not allowing Cam to go deep. That's right. what it, that's what I was hearing. What does that mean? More
0: what the safeties are doing with Cam as your quarterback, with anyone that has a running quarterback. Mm-hmm. The, the coverage that is popular versus that is quarters coverage or crawl. Okay. Yep. Now your safeties are sitting there a little closer to line of scrimmage. They still have, they have a lot of rules in this coverage. Yep. But if it's a run action towards them, they play run first and they fill that alley so that if Cam fakes that 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 zone read and keeps it, you're coming up to play quarterback like you would against an option team. Okay. So Her way is a run fake first. That guy's going to step forward, which should make it easier to go hard play action mm-hmm. and get a post over the top, which I see all the time at the college level, which I see at the pro level all the time. Um, But they haven't been making that throw and hitting that shot when they get an opportunity. I don't – that's what I see when I see quarterbacks that are are running as much as Cam is running. And when you say safeties are eyeing Cam, I think it's more for the run game. And then they react back to their responsibility in the pass game. And, um, you know, the other factor becomes – when you don't have deep threats when you don't have the threat of of firing it down the field over their head the corners get a little more comfortable and they get they start squatting on routes getting more physical receivers and just jumping things and you gotta you gotta
1: wind up double moving you gotta you gotta trick them to get by them. now Aaron give me the number two sounder my second uh, takeaway number two I won't spend as much time on this. I just think the defense deserves some credit because I really thought when you get eight players that opt out, some of which are longtime defensive standouts like Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung, I was ready for the defense to take a major regression. And while Seattle lit them up because Seattle's lighting up everybody, by and large, they've been really good this year, and that's got to be a product of what Belichick does as as a defensive coach. But the defense overall is just better than I was expecting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, without the guys that, and I, I still, I can't
0: imagine as an athlete. I know it's COVID. I know that everybody was so scared. I think people are a lot less scared now than they were yeah. six months ago. Um, but I, Winovich is doing a great job with, with pressure. Yeah. The secondary is playing extremely well. I think overall, and I just to, and you got to, you got to realize the offense isn't lighting up the scoreboard, so they're punting the ball. Yep. And punting it away, and the defense is out on the field maybe even more than there used to be, and, and they're still um, keeping teams around. What is it, twenty two points a game somewhere in that ballpark?
1: Yeah, you know th- this w- There's been some things in football that have foundationally shifted in the last fifteen years or so. When I was growing up, and when you were playing, I was taught, hey, you need to have a great pass rush. Pass rush is the thing you need most. Now it feels like you need a great secondary because everybody's so pass happy. The Patriots, they have a good secondary and I think that's partly what's contributed to this defense still being good.
0: Yeah, no no doubt. They're they're eliminating a lot of big plays. Um the corners are exceptional. Gilmore especially. Um but to me as a quarterback, the guy that the guys that dictate the game are the pass rush, the defensive ends. If if you have to do things offensively to account for a special pass rusher, a DN, a guy that your tackle is going to struggle with all day. You got to change pass protections. You got to get the ball out quickly. There's a lot of things that go into that. I think Winovich is becoming one of those guys um, that is is even if he doesn't get set, he's showing up in the backfield a little bit. You know, he, he making the making the quarterback get off his spot. But that's where you make a difference in the, in the pass game um, with the quick passing game. The other trick is. Uh, you read the quarterbacks drop, get the hands up and tip passes. And that's where you get turnovers, but, um, it's, it's a different game. Now there's no doubt about it. It's wide open. It's spread in the field. And how do you get your hands on receivers in the slot? Because the slot, you know, we saw Julian Edelman for years, just catching seven first downs a game from little five yard option routes, you know, and, and dealing with that stuff is not easy. And they're doing, I think they're doing an exceptional job of getting off the field.
1: Aaron let's get to what they're saying a lot of pe- the sky was falling on Monday after this loss so let's hear what some people are saying Aaron
0: sometimes people say stupid things
1: I said how do I want Patriot games to go for Cam to play great and they to lose in heartbreak yeah, check and check it. everything came up Nick right you this week sometimes people say smart things but it works I thought Cam was accurate I thought he made really good decisions they played to his strengths Locally, regionally, nationally. Here's what they're saying about your New England Patriots. All right, post game on Sunday, Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston. While some people have come back and said it's Cam's fault, he was looking at the wide receivers, Aaron. I asked Bill Belichick after the game, is it just Newton's not seeing it? Or if there's nothing for him to see, if there are no openings there for him to find? And Belichick didn't want to answer the question, but... There's something off there, and I'm sure Cam Newton was rusty after all the time off he had. But to me, it comes back to that receiver group, and there are no obvious openings for the quarterback to go to. It's what we saw last year. Yeah, it does look like what we saw last year, Doug. I got to put uh, I don't want to say blame because I don't think it's that the guys aren't trying. I just think they don't have explosive players right now at the wide receiver position, and I have to go there before I go to Cam.
0: I, I agree. I, I agree that, um, and that was. Before I, I you know saw this little glitch in the way he was throwing the ball this week, but um, they're not. There's no one there that scares high level defensive backs. Yeah, you know, I keep saying Harry could be that guy because he's got the speed, he's got the the length, but it just isn't happening. And, and you know, it's not like we're come and, and we're not there. I'm not watching game film, mm-hmm. so I don't know exactly what's going on down the field, but. Uh, you know, you're not seeing replays on TV where guys were wide open down the left sideline and Cam didn't see it. You know, well, they're, not, they're not coming back
1: saying so-and-so was open 20 yards down the field. So they did, they run the trick plays. Josh McDaniels dials up the trick plays a lot when the offense is stagnant. I've always, hey, they're cool, but you can't rely on them. My, my idea is this, and I want your take on it. What about playing up tempo? What about no huddle, get to the line, tire out the defense, don't allow them to make personnel changes. I understand you run the risk of a quick three and out and putting your defense back on the field. But every team I see go no huddle, every two-minute drill seems to lead to huge chunks of yardage. Why can they not do that? I like
0: that. I I like rhythm as a quarterback, and that's when you get rhythm. When you're going no huddle and up-tempo and throwing the – see, to me, that means throwing the ball on every down, mix in a run once in a while. Yeah, that's how if you it amazes me to me, if you want to score points, what are you going to do? You're going to throw the ball on every down. Yep. Right. When you have to score points at the end of a game, they say it's because of the clock. It's not because of the clock. It's the time to get after it. And you start throwing it. Hmm. Why do you come in with we're going to mix the run? We've got to we've got to slow down the passer. No, spread them out. Get rid of it quickly. Occasionally change up your protections. You throw the ball on every down. I If you run the ball well, what running the ball well does for you shortens the game, keeps the score low, keeps you in the game till the end. Then you've got to make some big plays and you throw the ball and you try to score at the end and win. And also you can, it's great for running out the clock at the end of the game or stick it in the end zone from the five yard line in. Other than that, you're throwing the ball to score points in this league. So be aggressive and the, and the no huddle situation and up tempo stuff tires out a defensive line in a hurry. It's a lot more effort to rush a passer than it is to protect. Mm -hmm. And they get tired out two or three plays in a row. And if you get that first first down, now your defensive ends on the other side are getting tired. They're subbing in and out. They don't have the first guy on the, you know, it just, it slows that defense down. If you get in the middle of a, a no huddle
1: situation and you get halfway down the field, the pass rush disappears. Former NFL quarterback, uh, and now he's a broadcaster, Brock Hewart. I heard him once say, throw to score, run to win. That was his motto. I disagree. Oh,
0: really? Throw to score, score score to win.
1: Okay, that's a good motto.
0: Tommy and Bill got in that mode. I think I brought this up once before. Score as many damn points as you can possibly score, and we'll look at the scoreboard at the end of the day and see how much we win by because when you start going into that conservative mode of protecting the ball and running the clock, all of a sudden the game gets tight again. Ah, you got stopped. You punted. They came down. You know what they did? They got in their no huddle and they went down the field. Now instead of a 17 point lead, it's a 10 point lead in the beginning of the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And you know, it running the football does a couple of things. Running the football allows your offensive line to be aggressive and in a, in a attack mode which the guys up front love they're yep. pass acting all day they're getting the crap kicked out they're getting head slapped they're getting whacked around they're in a defensive mode the offensive line needs to fire out off the ball once in a while and hit the guy in the mouth on the other side they love that it also keeps a defense honest to me it's the way to make them now you know if, you, if you're uh, the 1970 Miami Dolphins and have three 1000 yard rushers yeah, that's a different story. You're just running it down the field and you're scoring touchdowns left and right, running the football, but running the ball to me, keeps them honest, makes them have to get up in there. And then you get man to man coverage on the outside. Otherwise you're my, my philosophy had always been throw the ball. They're too deep and you know, whatever they're doing, when they give you an opportunity to run the ball and gash them, that's when I ran the ball. And, and so you, instead of, I would run the ball when you have the advantage running the ball.
1: Mike Tannenbaum, former general manager of the Jets, he was on ESPN. A, a kind of piggybacking Phil Perry's point about the weak wide receivers, Aaron. Let's hear what he said. You know, Jay, Will, I'm still a believer in the Patriots, but I think they need to add another receiver. Last year they went out. They gave up a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu from the Falcons. That didn't work out. But this is a team that needs another receiver because right now what we're seeing is the safeties are keying on Cam Newton as both a runner and and they're saying, hey, if we're going to lose and kill Harry, you're going to have to win one-on-one. And what we saw yesterday was when Julian Edelman got hurt, Julian Edelman was targeted six times. He only had two catches. They have nobody right now that's scaring an opposing defense. So that's a lot of what we've said. He said specifically they need to go out and add a receiver, and everybody looks at the trade market, A.J. Green, um, John Ross in Cincinnati. Here's the name I keep hearing now. Antonio Brown's eligible to be signed and play immediately in two weeks. Yeah, I, I am not an Antonio Brown guy, and it's probably easier for me to say that as someone who's not played and tried to win a Super Bowl. I don't want to sell out my franchise to what I think is a bad guy. If you're the quarterback and you know you need help, do you care what that guy's reputation might be? Well, no. It's a tough – the thing
0: is Bill has always had success with those kind of guys. Yes. To bring them in. Straighten their tail out, and it's the guys in the locker room that mm-hmm. straighten them out and keep them on the, the course with the team, and you know go by the team rules. Antonio's a guy that I love him. To, I've been around him quite a bit, and one on one, he's a great guy. He's an engaging guy. He's smart. He doesn't he doesn't pay attention to what time it is. He doesn't yeah. has no clue what time it is, and he doesn't care. He gets there to the office when he gets there to the office. He shows up, He and he got away with it in Pittsburgh for years, and he just thought that's the way it is, and that's what I can do. And, um, you know, he got to New England, and he still had some issues, uh, other issues ended up popping up, and, and Bill couldn't control that, and, and he was out the door. But uh, if – if trust me, if Bill thought it would help him win, if your quarterback and your – if you think someone's going to help you win – They'll go get him, and that's the bottom. Can Bill Bill interacted with Antonio? He knows whether or not
1: he would be an asset or not. And at 30, at 31, he, oh sorry, sorry. At thirty, ahead. at thirty-one years old, and now he's played one game in a calendar year, and he's got the issues with the sexual assault case and all this other stuff. He's just not worth it to me. And again, I'm not the one trying to win the Super Bowl, so it's easy for me to say that, mm-hmm. but. He's burned the organization once. I'm not. I'm just not doing it again.
0: Yeah, I don't. I I don't know that I'd do it. But Bill knows in his mind whether he. he I thought. I I thought that Bill still wanted to hang on to him. Yeah, when he might have. Going on last time around, which cool. to me, and, and Tommy had Tommy Brady had a lot of good things to say about him, and thought he was you know getting on the straight and narrow. This other issue came up, and who knows. Yeah. Who knows what to believe there? But, um, you know, so Bill knows in his mind whether or not he would help the team and whether or not he could get it done. From my standpoint, I just want guys I can depend on. Okay? Yeah. I really do. I want to know that Julian Edelman is going to be there every day, and when he runs his option route, I can anticipate the move he's going to make. Um, the guys just want to win, though, and that's we- the bottom line.
1: Without naming names, did you ever play with somebody that you knew was a knucklehead? <laughs> uh, there were a couple over the years, um,
0: but never anyone that in a game situation that I couldn't trust that, yeah, you know, the, the problem would be if guys, and we had a guy on the defensive side of the ball one year that just disappeared for like three days and show up on game day, things like that. Um, but offensively I've never had a guy that that was lining up that I didn't practice with all week and that I didn't trust on game day.
1: We got about 10 minutes left in this podcast. So we'll kind of bounce through some segments quick. Aaron, give me the, uh, the notable sounder.
0: It might be big. It might not be, but it caught
1: our attention. One big note from the game. So Julian Elleman played 43 snaps on Sunday, which was the third most among Patriots wide receivers. Um, I understand he's dealing with a knee issue, I was not prepared. I was prepared to rip the Patriots for allowing a 34 year old to be their best wide receiver. I was not prepared for a 34 year old to who is their best wide receiver to not be playing every single snap. I, the Patriots can't function offensively if Edelman's only going to be in three out of every four plays.
0: Yeah, but you know he's not going to be the guy that lines up out at X and yeah. lines up wide and press coverage and is beaten press coverage and running fade routes and back shoulder throws and all that. And that's you know, Julian's going to be that guy that, and as he's getting older, take take him on those medium down and distances and put him, put him in the slot and let him get open, and that's what you're going to use him as. You're going to use him on his little drag routes. He's going to run little option routes, and then occasionally double move a guy, put a wiggle, and go up through a seam. He's not going to be on the outside against your number one corner, beating press coverage and running the fade route, not running the guy, you know, for an 80-yard touchdown. So I think you've got to be careful about the way you use him. Because he is going to get beat up. It's so hard as you get older. It's so hard to stay healthy through a season.
1: You know, the Patriots did try to make the investment in the wide receiver position last year by drafting Nikhil Harry in the first round. So it's not like they haven't ever tried to address it. And they drafted a couple tight ends this year mid-round. But Bill Belichick has either gone into this season as a bad talent evaluator or is arrogant in thinking that he didn't need to address the wide receiver position more? I don't think he's a bad talent evaluator. So do you think Bill has an arrogance like I can make anything work? Because how did they not foresee what we're seeing? I I,
0: I think he can take you know what he's almost the other way around. <laughs> yes, I Bill Bill never thinks he has any. It's so the first year that I had retired. I was actually at a concert. We were at a Bruce Springsteen concert together, Bill and I. Oh my god! And I say to him, "I go, how's it going?" He goes, "Doug, we can't even take a snap from center. We can't line up. We can't even line up. We got, I got Tom. Yeah, Tom can take it. Nobody else can even take a snap. We can't complete a ball. We, in his mind, everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. Nobody could. And that's that's his attitude until you." and you could be Tom Brady and he might think that about you for for a while. Um he just has this, this uh bar that he is standard that he has set so high for the entire team. He expects things to done 100% out, precisely, exactly right every time and when it doesn't happen, we suck. Um <laughs> it just but he's gotten away with it with Tom the quarterback for years of not having That unbelievable, the the one guy Tom had was Randy Moss for one year at the end of his career when other people had given up on Randy Moss.
1: I could go an entire, we could do an entire podcast on just Bill Belichick at a Bruce Springsteen concert. (laughs) I'm going to need Even
0: even at the concert, right? We're about halfway, (laughs) two thirds of the way through the concert. He goes. What is he playing? This tell play the songs we like. What are you playing, Bruce? Come on! <laughs> he's crit- He's, being, he's crit- He loves Bruce, but he's criticizing Bruce for his. Oh life. my
1: god! Oh. Um, Doug, are you a fashion guy? I don't peg you for a fashion guy. Yeah, my fashion is occasionally
0: I turn the hat around backwards rather than forward. <laughs> that's about it.
1: No, I'm well, definitely not. Well, Aaron is our producer. He's only 21 years old. He's the young guy of us three. So I'm bringing him in for our next segment. It's his favorite segment. It's grading Cam's wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Aaron, give me the music. Look
0: <laughs> Feel good, play good. Yeah, look good, look good, play good, play good, play good, play good, play good. live
1: good. It's time for grading Cam's wardrobe. That's so hot right now. <laughs> All right, so, Aaron, you're the fashionista. I'm giving Cam's outfit in this week's sixth game a C. He had a lovely outfit, but his hat was Carolina Panthers colors. I bop you down instantly two-letter grades just for the Carolina Panthers hat.
0: Uh, it doesn't bother me as much. And for me, I think the blue vest is fantastic. I really (laughs) like that vest. I love, I love that the tie and the pocket square match. It's like that little pop of red against a white shirt and a gray blazer and that blue vest. It's Pat's colors on his entire torso. I think
1: it looks great. Doug, did you ever care once about what you wore to a game? I picture you boots, jeans, hat. Let's go. If I could get away with my sweat, here's me
0: in a nutshell. Okay, I roll out of when I was in New England my last year. I'm 106 years old, <laughs> and I got to get there by 6 a.m. to meet up with Tommy. Tommy and I are going to work out, and then we grab breakfast. We got a 7:15 meeting. We're there bright and early, right? I roll out of bed. I throw on the sweats and a shirt. It, it could be snowing out. I don't have my shoes on. <laughs> I'm just getting in the car and getting to the locker room, right? And then I'll get dressed mm-hmm. in the locker room to work out. Tommy shows up, designer jeans on, the, the pashmina, the nice sweater. <laughs> the, I'm like, who takes that kind of time at 530 in the morning? You're just going to come in and change into your workout gear. So, no, I, I, I just just get I- me there.
1: Yeah, fashion is not my thing. Aaron, you you love this stuff though. You love Cam. I like Cam's look fine, but I could never plan it. He probably lays it out the night before.
0: Well, that's the thing I do love. Like the attention to detail. Like, I think he has a brooch on his on his coat. Like <laughs> oh goodness. What is he going to prom? It's amazing. How is, how is this stuff important? It's not important, but we I like it That's my <laughs> mindset. On the day of a game, I want to get to the stadium. I just want to get in my. I, we're at the hotel. I get up, I eat, and I want to get to the stadium. I don't want to take an extra five minutes getting dressed. Well, you I want to take an extra ten minutes to figure out what brooch and pocket scarf and because you're just once you get there, you're changing
1: anyway into your gear. Well you heard Dion and the sounder look good, feel good, feel good, play good, pay good, play good, pay good, pay good, pay good live good. that's how you think about it. So. I guess
0: so, I guess so It's like for me, the guys that spend all this time during as a quarterback, every minute of your day is taken. Yeah, and right. it's a full day and you are just game planning, practice, film, blah 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 right Well, when do these guys have time to choreograph <laughs> touchdown celebrations? When are you? When are they doing that? I cause I don't have time
1: for that. I bet you were real fun at the team party at the end of the year.
0: Once the year's over, like after <laughs> the game, once that game ends and we win, go nuts. <laughs> just, just do whatever you want. I don't care. You got twenty four hours. Enjoy it. We'll see you tomorrow. Go nuts. Have fun. Do whatever. <laughs> but it's it's like even the guys that really celebrate a first down in the first quarter <laughs> yeah. or. I, call, I don't. I don't have time for that. It's like, look, get back here. This lineup. line up. It's, it's second and six. It's you had you caught a four yard pass. I'm happy for you. Use <laughs> your helmet on.
1: Aaron, let's wrap it up with this. Makes me want to drink because I got one that just frustrated the hell out of me from Sunday.
0: The weekend is over. I thought it was time to stop drinking. I'm kind of
1: deep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank God,
1: I'm exhausted. Uh, but this makes me want to drink. I
0: just can't. I need a drink. Give me a
1: drink. Doug, I'm, I'm going to make it quick as we end. Gunnar Olszewski twice got the kickoff six yards deep in the end zone and ran it out to about the 17-yard line. Take the knee. Put it at the 25. Don't risk the turnover. Don't get hit and save us eight yards of field position. That is not good football. It's, I, I Especially with putting the ball out there. I, yeah. Not, number
0: one, if you take the knee. There's no one no one getting hurt throwing a block, there's no one getting a holding penalty or a clip and you're you're taking it and it's go. I when whenever a team punted to us, whenever a team kicked off, it was a bonus if we just fair catch a punt and don't get a penalty. I thought that was a win. If we just catch the thing, take a knee and we we'll get it out there, fine. I'll take that. We don't need the big run back cuz what ends up happening is you get a so many times, especially on punt return, you get penalties, and it backs you up. It's just don't make things
1: don't make it more difficult than it is. The other thing that made me want to drink Cam's first interception when the screen pass gets batted down. The screen, the one thing you have to be prepared for is that the defense is pursued so much that the ball is going to get tipped and they're going to be in your grill. Why do quarterbacks, not just Cam, continuously throw the screen pass when you know it's not there and risk exactly what
0: happened? It
1: just you know
0: you want to make it you want to you want to make every play work and that is such there's an art in knowing when to give up on a play you know especially you talk scrambling quarterbacks that that just try to make a play out of everything and i did it i throw more than my share of terrible interceptions because i just didn't want to give up on a play and there's something take the thing throw it in the ground and it's lined back up and and you know it, it situationally sometimes you know, I can understand the end of the game last drive and but if it's not third or fourth down and you don't have to absolutely make the play you got to be smart.
1: Patriots lose 18 to 12 they're now two and three they're getting ready for Jimmy G and the uh, return of the coronated king he'll come back on Sunday as the Pats take on the NFC champion Niners. I'm Brady Farkas for Doug Flutie, Aaron Wells our producer. This is the Believe in Patriots podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. Doug and I'll be back uh, later this week. And until then, go Pats. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.